Very good. And welcome back, my friends, to another episode of Think Torah. This is Around the Shabbos Table. I'm Aaron Wolgelinter, and I'm here with the father, the great Rabbi Wolgelinter, and where we sit and have meaningful conversations. Not a Dvar Torah, not things that need to be told over in a certain tsura in a certain format, but it's conversations. And I, I liked, I actually saw this week something very interesting that Rabbi Ephraim Goldberg had a conversation with Rav Shechter and he called it Sichas Chulin, Shel referencing that Gemara that even the, even the, the, just the talk and the, you know, shooting the breeze with people who are well versed in Torah and who are understand Torah and das Torah. You, you get so much, and there's so much shimush and so much to learn from that. And that's what we're trying to do here at Around the Shabbos Table. By the way, hint, hint, it's not for my sichas chulin that you're here. <laughs> Welcome, and uh, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. We have it loaded with um, lots of potentially controversial issues. And I wanted to give a word, like a, a disclaimer in essence. We're not here to degrade or to ruin anybody's life, nor to really just be too... Two podcasters angry at the world uh, sitting here and screaming. We're here to give you sort of a sensible way and formula of breaking, looking at an issue that you, that doesn't sit well with you, being able to be critical. critical enough to be able to look at it and say, hey, this doesn't make sense with other things that I know, and then move forward with it. Go somewhere. Don't stick in the anger. Don't stick in the critical zone. Very often, for those who, who've learned Torah and have learned Gemara, we've been taught, and I've spoken about this with Yonah in the past, my brother, that we, we train ourselves to be super critical and not to be practical. Because it's, you know, when we learn Gemara, we're taught, be critical, break open this page, break open what the Gemara is teaching you, but then you have to do something with it, and you have to go somewhere. So I want this conversation to bring both us sitting in this room and those listening somewhere. I want you to be able to do something with it. And don't get stuck in the critical zone. So welcome back to another episode. And I hope you enjoy Around the Shabbos Table. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, just this totally side thing um, that, that you, you talked about, like the, the you know, information superhighway, you know, just Sicha Schulen. And I once had an opportunity to sit with um, Rabbi Neuberger Zetzal, and uh, with two of his sons, and I—I I mean, I, I was the just for context. Which which Rabbi Newberg? Um, Rabbi Naftali. Naftali. Okay. Uh, and uh, and two of his sons, and I was there for two hours. It was uh, Friday night after the Shabbos meal. I was already, you know, I, I was, you know, maybe it was fifteen years ago, twenty years ago, and uh, I had an opportunity to sit and listen. And I understood pshat in what information superhighway means. There was, in two hours, every single topic that could possibly be covered was covered. When you talk about Sicha Schulen of Tamir Chacham, and it was, it was all so incredibly enlightening. And it was on every, from politics to Torah to, to personalities to mitzvahs, to, it was just an incredible, incredible experience. And I said not one word for two hours. I just sat and listened. And it was really, uh, really amazing. I and mean, it's funny that, I just I'm looking on your desk right here, and I see out is uh, this book on Perkei Avas, the Sefer, 
from Irving Bunim, uh, Ethics from Sinai. Right. And, and I think that speaks to this as well. He, we, we don't necessarily learn the Sefer or read it for his novel ideas in the Mishnayas. But here, um, if you want, you can give you know, a background to him and, and to sort of what he did. Um, but here is somebody who hung around the Gedolim, uh, specifically Rebaron. Right. And Rebaron Cutler. And he soaked that up. He was yeah. what the conversation with Rebaron should look like. He was that. And that was, um, and just so when you read that, that's what it is. You're you're hearing from someone who soaked up the Sichas Chulin from Talmud HaChemim. So to say, to say lightly that you know this is not a um, this is not child's play to to have the conversation and to be involved. So ashrecha to all of you that are listening because there's something to be learned from this. So so let's get on to today's today's issue. I've had a bee in my bonnet as you know because I've spoken to you about it many many times. I've tried to speak to other people about it, but it never really goes as well as I want it to because it's a it's a very sensitive topic. But I was. Um, I'll say it straight out. What I what what got me to this place um, last week? I had an opportunity to be in the car a little bit, and I was I was driving around during Hanukkah, and I, I have a, a radio station on. I don't think it's necessary. What what radio station doesn't make a difference, but they were advertising, um, not only advertising, but they were Israeli really, radio Israeli radio station, and they were spending a tremendous amount of time on uh, collecting money for an organization. That they promised that um, the the if you gave a certain amount of money, then the, the a, a, a certain godel would oh Rebbeim would Kanievsky would would give you a sitter with a signed and promise Yeshuos and um, and all kinds of you know all, all kinds of of great things Nisim Viniflos. Everything that could be for a person who participated in this, and they were building the hype and and getting people to call in, and it was just it was it was just saturated and saturated and saturated with this, and it was and it was just building and building over the hours. It was building, and then on Zeis Hanukkah, so they they were going, you know, five hours left, three hours left, two hours left, twenty minutes left, and and they were just they, they were like whipping up the crowd. I don't know what, how many people listen to this station, but they were just whipping up whatever whatever crowds. And they kept saying that you got to assume the, a couple more than our podcast. Right, I would imagine. <laughs> and the uh, you know they, they, they were saying that the, the lines are are bursting and and it was just, it was driving me crazy. And it's not the first time that this has happened. There there's always these advertisements um, collecting for a tzedakah called Kupada Year with a promise of. Um, of, of Hatzalus and Yeshuas and and Nisim and Iflos, and and it just I, I, I I'm confused because I don't understand how we could how it's possible that a human being could promise that the Rebbeinu promised it to us. Im Chanuni Nabizos, he's told us about Stucker that you can test me in this. You can test right. me. You can say I'm giving this There's many, you know, we could, we could go through all the psukim and all the ma'amari chazal, but that's what a Kodesh Baruch is promising us. We know that if we support each other and we take care of each other, then there is Yeshuos and Nisim and all kinds of things waiting for us. But for me to promise that to you, and I don't, I don't really care who the me is, but for anybody to promise that to another person to say, you know, give to me, and and I will promise you 
that just it does doesn't sound right. It sounds it sounds a little voodooish. They were doing a thing that if you give a certain amount of money, we'll go and daven for you in Amuka, and and you, there was a sheet to fill out, and you could fill out that you needed parnasas a check here, and you needed you needed a shidduch check here, and there were there were promises. I remember, you know, I'm I'm sheepish in this, but I remember it was the first time I'd ever seen it many many years ago. One of your sisters was was looking for a shidduch, and um, so so I said, look, you know, you got to make your shidduch, you got to do whatever you can. So I I, uh, I wrote a check. And sent in it. I thought, you know, give out the. And I don't have one of those stories that at the end, you know, three days later, she found her bashet. Um, I've got those kind of stories, but but not necessarily negate to this. And 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 even if I did, it's it's not. It's just it it's a, a lot of hype, and I don't think it's our kind of hype. And I'm not blaming anyone. And that's why you know your hakdama was important. This is not running down any tzaddikim or any gedolim. This is saying that that this kind of thing that we've built. And I mentioned this to somebody. They told me that this is just this is the radio station. These are the handlers. And I I disagree because I think that it's bigger than that. Because it's uh, you know the, the even outside of the radio station and even outside of that you see all these advertisements and all these promises and I think it's a it's a spach it's a certain way that we talk that you know that that of today that we're that we're promising these kinds of things if you participate in this stock if you give to this and I just I don't think that that's I don't think that's what's meant to be included in this are words that they're using. To, to fan the flames and to get people, you know, to, to get people excited about it, you know, they're calling they're calling certain and they call the sar hatera, and I I don't even know if I want to spend any time on this, but it's just what's that called? Sar hatera is like the minister of Torah, minister almost, of Torah, right? prince of Torah, and I I just I'm not familiar and and. You know, I, I wouldn't mind if somebody would point it out to me, but I'm not familiar of the use. I know that it does appear a few times, but but I'm not familiar of the common use of that from the Litvisha world. Um, I, I they, they call him the they they were calling him the Moshe Rabbeinu of our door. Now I don't need Reb Chaim to be my Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu was Moshe Rabbeinu, and there's no there, there was nobody since Moshe. I need Reb Chaim to be Reb Chaim, so and on, he's on impressive. That. He's impressive the the way he is. The fact that he's he's saturated in Torah, and that he is kulay Torah, kulay Torah. There's there's a lot of people that you could say are you know bnei Torah, they're tamidei chachamim, but he is kulay saturated from from the top to the bottom, saturated in Torah. I don't I don't need to hear him being called or to have it to have it waved sort of in front of me. You need to support this because this is coming from Moshe. This is Moshe Rabbeinu. This is the Sarah Torah. You know, he's Torah and Torah speaks to me. And when I hear Torah, it's it's convincing to me. But this this is borrowing the hype of of other of other um, aspects of Judaism, borrowing the hype of things outside of Judaism. And I just don't think that it's a healthy thing. It smacks of, of voodooism. And again, it's not coming from the gedolim themselves, but this is this is what the the world. This is what we seem to be creating, and I, I'm I'm just uncomfortable with it. Is it the combination of things here? That's what I'm picking up from you. It's a combination of things because if you break them into categories, where you have a gadol collecting money. 
That's fine. A Guttle collecting money for a certain organization. That's fine. Putting his name on it and, and you know, backing it. That's fine. A Guttle, you know, that giving to Daka can bring Yeshuos and can bring salvation. That's fine. It's the Guttle backing a certain organization and the Guttle promising that God will give you now Yeshuos is a combination of things that doesn't that doesn't sit well. But each thing in its own, or is there or is there one category that no, actually doesn't work? No, you're correct. It's the it's it's all of that put together and and then allowing it to be put inside of a bed of um of, of you know this is coming from this is coming from our Moshe Rabbeinu. This is coming from the Sar HaTorah. You know, I, 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 that, that's maybe its own conversation, which I don't, we've spoken about this, and I don't necessarily want that to happen here, but of, of where this, of, of this whole kind concept of Sarah Torah or Moshe Ben of Ardor. But I'm saying, if, I'm, I'm, I'm not dealing with those as separate issues, but just put, put that all in together. And, you know, we spoke last week about priorities and, and in what's, you know, what's Iker and what's Tuffel. And I think that this is a little bit of, of Tuffelizing and, you know, um, grandstanding the, the our gedolim and our Torah leadership, and I'm just not sure that that's that's meant to be our relationship with our Torah leadership, which I think is the is is really what's being called into question. My relationship with my with with Torah leadership has to be that they they are they are my leaders. They are the eyes of my generation, and and they they set the standard for me. They tell me what needs to be done. They tell me what you know. And and I and I'm I'm one. That's I'm a I follow. You know, as I I'm. I'm committed to Kavad Torah. I'm committed to Amunas Chachamim, but this shakes it when I see things that are that seem to be out of bounds. Promising, you know, my promising you Yeshuos and and Nisim. I just think that that's. I, I, don't, I just don't think that's ours. I don't think that's the way we operate. So now. The, 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 let's step away from the criticism for a second. How do I deal with something that that sounds off to me? Because well, because there some, are some if people. You feel something's off, then just throw it out. No, so so th- so that's what happened. I think it was last year or two years ago. There were a group of rabbis that got together and, and wrote a letter, um, re- really you know screaming about this. Um, and and I'm, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that's the if if, if that's the, the that's the appropriate way because what happens is is that you throw out the baby with the bathwater, you throw out the guttle along with the with the hype around him that doesn't belong. Right. The problem is that when you're not you personally, Daddy, are not um, questioning the legitimacy of Rabhaim's years and years and years of toil in Torah study and his and his scholarship. And really, his his devotion to Torah and to and to God and his relationship with God—that's not in question here. What's in question is how that's being used. That's right. So we, what we need to do is separate it. I, I, and and tell me why. I'll segue into the way I deal with it, and tell me why it doesn't work for you. It obviously doesn't. And tell me why. I look at that this entire thing as obviously with my background in marketing, but I look at this as a marketing stunt. This is a this is a stunt to get money. Good? I don't even know. It may even be not for the greatest causes. I don't know if Kupada Ear of B'nai Brak is the place where I should be spending my money, both on a philosophical level and both on a halachic level. Is that where I should be giving my money if I live in the U.S. or even if I live here in Modin? Why should I be giving money to a Kupada Ear in B'nai Brak? It comes into question 
why are there so many Anim in Bnei Brak? There's lots of questions there. Um, and I don't even, I don't, I don't mind saying that even if it's not right, not the, not the best, you know, place to put my money, but Reb Chaim is backing it because he has a court and he has people around him and grandsons who use his name in order to make money for organizations that, that benefit them. And that's okay. And I don't even mind saying that Reb Chaim doesn't really realize what he's doing. Because this is where it's you 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 touched on this, and for me, it's not really Reb Chaim's fault because Reb Chaim doesn't need to be a leader. Not every person who is a big Talmud Chacham and who knows Torah needs to lead others. He may not be a leader if he doesn't understand what's going on here. Maybe he's not the leader for me. The problem is with me and my society that need a leader so badly that we're willing to call we're willing to call Reb Chaim Kanievsky Moshe Rabbeinu. The problem's not with Reb Chaim. He's not a self-claimed Moshe Rabbeinu. He's not a, a Shabtai Tzvi saying he's Mashiach, nor he's, he's Moshe Rabbeinu. He's not claiming to be a leader in any way. The problem is what you alluded to. The problem is with our society that we need a leader like this that, that we can talk to and tell him what we want him to say. Because that's how we relate to leadership. So that's how I view this issue. That's not Chaim. It's our fault. We need to be critical on our in how we relate to Gedolim. And I think it seems like from Haredi media that over the last bit of time, we there the the voices of criticism have been coming out um, stronger. That we need to we need to really figure out how we relate to Gedolim. And when you go to a Gadol and say because this is the newest one, and, and how do you ask about the vaccine, the new coronavirus vaccine? Do you ask, should I take it? I don't, I, I don't know if that's the question. Chaim, should I take a Shana ticket? It's a detailed so, question. So Reb Chaim, about you. Actually, Reb Chaim just came out and said that, that you should take it. That you should take it. And, if you, and, and the Rebbe took it. Right. But, it, but again, if you watch the video, and I'm being critical here, if you watch the video of Chaim sitting there at his table, in another world, there is there was a, a minister, uh, uh, was it an MK or somebody from, like the health, in the in the in the government, who came to him, a religious man, they came to him, they said, should people be taking it? He said, um, oh, they said, is it chova of hishtalis to take it? And he said something like, don't be afraid. I'm not quoting it right, but if you read the but, transcript or if you watch the video, you see it wasn't, should I take it? Yes. It wasn't do, even like do, that. Do he, people have to be afraid? I think the question was asked him, do people have to be afraid of the side effects? Right. And he said, lo lefached. Right. Is, is that where you're getting like all of your um, direction in life from, from a, a clip of a video? That's a problem with us. That Reb Chaim answered somebody who came to ask him. If, he answered a shayla. He's he's a he's a tamachacham. He knows a lot. He answered a shayla that came to him. The problem is with me. How can I take a vaccine or not take a vaccine based on a, a minute clip video which I have no context for? Plus, within the video, it shows you there's no context because they didn't show. Reb Chaim, I would assume that the guttle who's going to try to answer such a question would look at numbers, would look at studies. Would talk to a doctor. All that was done behind the scenes, if it was done. But there's no context to that within, and I don't right. know that. Am I trusting them? But these are the same people 
who are, who are using him for things that don't sit well with me. So that anything that comes out from somebody from him doesn't. That's how I deal with it. And you can tell me why that doesn't sit well with you. So, so I, I'm not sure how how different I am, but I, I think the way that I deal with it is is th- that I I recognize that we're dealing with with human beings, and that um, and and that you know all the things that we that we say about gedolim and that they have to be. You know, Malachi Hashem Tzavakis, and you know all the all, all the things that we talk about. At the end of the day, and an Adam Godel and the people around him is an Adam Godel. Is is an Adam? Is a person, and and people and and people make mistakes and blunders, and that's okay. It doesn't take for me. That doesn't take away from their godless. But when we try to say that no, there's no mistakes, and and that there's and all the people around them are Kaddish Vatar. And everybody is all the shame shemayim. That that's what really shakes me. So when I when I dumb it down a notch and I say that, yeah, there there are people that are surrounding, you know, gedolei Torah that are are not necessarily, um, in it for the, you know, in in it for the most pure motives, or whatever. They they're also people and they also have negias and and they push things in certain ways. So then, it's a it's a little bit easier for me to handle, but only a little bit easier for me to handle because it doesn't take away all of my confusion. That Rav Chaim Shmulevet says on that idea, um, he, he talks about it a few times in the Sefer Sichos Moser, and and one of the most one of the first times he speaks about it is of Alifaz, that Alifaz comes, um, the son of Esav, and he comes to to Yaakov, and he says, "I have a problem. I'm supposed to kill you." But here I have this, This uh, if I don't kill you, because I don't want to kill you, because I learned by you, Torah. But now I have this issue because then I'm not going to be Micaiah, my father's tzivoy. So Rechaim says, this is Alifaz. He was ready to kill him. Or this is Alifaz, he learned Torah. Why, is he, why does he care about this, this tzivoy from his father that's wrong? So he says, because this is the human condition. It's he calls it or v'choshech mishnam shem that you have good and bad, and this is it's just reminding me of that as you said, it's a it's a adam gadol, and he's an adam, and there's good, and there's less good, and they're working at the same time, and they're pulling and they're pulling and they're pushing and they're pulling and they're pushing, and it's really it's I think it's hard to relate to people like that because you want to relate to the good. Or the bad. And then they fit into a box. It's easier to relate to them when they fit in a box. This is a bad person. Okay, just be careful around him. Or this is a good person. You don't have to be careful around him. Either way, but it's hard to deal with somebody with like a little this and a little that and the push and pull. And right. that, that struggle is much harder. So I, I, I understand why in a, on a theoretical, like a philosophical place, it makes sense. Like this is what's happening. It's very hard to relate to that. It shakes the foundation of how you relate to now piske of Rebchaim. Right. So I think it's also important how we discuss this. And I I mean, I'm hoping that we're doing it correctly on this, but it's important how how we discuss this, how we criticize it. Um, and I'm talking about, you know, letters from, from other rabbis and, you know, and, and even even from them, meaning that I think that, that what's required here is a sense of, I'm, I'm not claiming that anybody doesn't have it. I'm just saying that what's required, when a person recognizes that they're in a position of being a gadol, 
then they now have a responsibility of all the the things around them and the people around them that are handling them. They they have that responsibility. And that if somebody around them says something that's that's a little off base, so then they're ultimately responsible for that. You know, so when when there were um, I'm just leave it general. When there were things said about about certain gedolim, and everybody said, "But but that that Godel never said that, right?" But the people around them said it, and they never shut it down. And I think that that's the response. That's our responsibility. Our responsibility is as rabbis, leaders. Our responsibility as parents. You know, is, that is not just the the the, in, the the particular thing that we're saying or doing. But it's all the stuff that goes on around it that that gives impressions, both positive and negative, that we have to be very, very careful of. So when I look at this, my my conclusion of all of it is, is that yeah, it makes me uncomfortable. At the end of the day, on any guttel, if if they're a guttel, then they're a guttel, and you know, the the like you say, there's there's darkness and there's light, and there's there's good stuff and bad stuff, and I'll accept the whole thing. But what I would love to see. My conclusion of all this is that what I would love to see is I would love to see a, a a certain a certain upgrading of the leadership responsibility or the sense of leadership that that leaders have. Um, I mean, I noticed it. I, I noticed it myself in in the rabbinate. You know, I, I just I, I would look at other people and were surprised that a regular person could do something like that, but but a Rav who people are are watching and they're watching every little thing. So there are certain things that a Rav can't do as a Rav be, only because he's a Rav. Nothing, no other reason. They're not wrong. They're not wrong, but they just just as a Rav, as a leader, he can't do that. And and I just wish that there was there was an That's like up- a small example from your from your time as a leader of a community where there was something that you would have done. We're not talking about mutter asr. We're talking about something that you would have done had you not had that position and something that you couldn't do or you, you held yourself to a standard not to do. I just feel like any example I would give you is, could, be, could be dissected and, and seen as silly. But... Um, that, and and and, and seen also in, in from my eyes, was the way the way I saw the rabbanus. But for me, there was a certain way that I dressed. You know, I wore it in jacket, and I felt that when I was when I was out in the street, in the supermarket, it, I mean, it didn't, didn't make a difference where I was. This is the, the, this is the way that I appeared, and it, just for the for you know people's relationship. External, totally, but people's relationship with with the rav, this is the way the rav, you know, they saw him, so this is the way that he needed to appear and needed to be mocked about that. I'm using just, you know, again, I understand why because once you say it's about external, like who cares about a hat and jacket? Somebody would say, oh, if so, if my rabbi doesn't wear a jacket out, then I don't. Right. That I understand why you don't want to go into specifics. Right. Um, Totally. It's interesting to see how you you use this as a conversation. To talk about leadership, which I believe is part of the conversation, but I think it's I think it's um, influenced by your experience in life being a leader um, to some capacity there of, of people you're really leading them towards a life of Torah and Judaism and a relationship with God. So 
being that leader, you needed to make decisions like that. So now you look at other leaders and hold them accountable to the things that, that you think are important. And I look at it as the follower needs to be more critical. And I would love to see, and this is just a different approach, but I would love to see a more individual Judaism being practiced here. Because what happens a lot of times with this is that people say, Reb Chaim said. You ask somebody, should I do X? Oh, you can't do it, Reb Chaim said. But we don't, and this I, I spoke to earlier, but we don't relate to Gedolim like that. Gedolim are not this like, in, in these things, not like it's not binary, it's not like yes or no. There's there's a lot of prot, there's a lot of personal things that go on to each question, be it you know, internet in the home, a phone in the in uh, a smartphone, or vaccines, vaccines in general, and vaccines for this. These are some of the things where we're um, where we're accustomed to say, oh, Reb Chaim said," and and I don't think that works. But if we were to be more critical of our Judaism and and really live our own Judaism and not one of a of a klal, not one of just what everyone's doing, and we were more personal about it, so then we could say, Reb Chaim said. And I discussed it with someone else, and I feel that's not for me, and I don't need to do that, which is okay, because it's only when you're functioning within this cloud that you need to, you know, stay with with Reb Chaim and everything Reb Chaim says, you, because you're associating with a certain type of Judaism and a certain type of people and a certain culture. But if we're not as worried about that and who we associate and what we associate with, and we're more worried about, am I a good Jew? Am I doing the right thing? So then. Um, I wouldn't have to make Reb Chaim into, into who he is and we could just run a more individual Judaism. That's my hope from this, that people could do that more. Right, so I don't, I don't think I share that. Um, I, 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 would, I, I think the structure of what we have and, and that we have our gedolim that guide us and, and you know, Reb Chaim says, I think is an important, an important part of our vernacular, important part of our, our existence Nevertheless, I think that that it has to be it, it has to be absolutely the edges of it have to be have to be totally clean, so that when I'm relying on it and trusting in it, so then it doesn't it doesn't have all these question marks surrounding it for me. And that's you know th- this conversation could be could be analyzed and, and you know I just feel like I, we can get into a lot of trouble for this in the sense of. That that it really smacks a little bit of, um, or could smack a little bit of, um, of, of a lack of emunas chachamim, and and it's not. It's really just a realization that there's that there's some some really not comfortable stuff that's going on, and that. But and but if for me, we're not critical about it, and we don't go in with our eyes open. It'll hit us, right? Hard, right? In mm-hmm. other areas, that's not, right. Kupat choli, kupat uh, kupat ear is. Is he relevant Not to me and you? Relevant yeah. to my life? Irrelevant to really anybody who right. we're talking to? It's all of us, but it, it it's on such a deep level. It it affects so many things and how we relate, as we're saying, just to leadership and to individual Judaism versus Klal Judaism, and how we relate to Gedolim and and what pedestal we should put them on. And are we looking for another Moshe Rabbeinu right. in our lives? And these are already five issues that are huge that have nothing to do with Kupareir and Bnei Brak. Right. Right. That's why I think it's it's an important, I think it's an important conversation to have. I don't think it's done, um, and I, and we haven't heard from anybody else. And there, I'm sure there are plenty of people on on both sides that have that have plenty of what to say to the people that are, 
um, that that will look at this and say, "You're you're out of your mind. Those are, you know, th- th- those are high people, and they're." I just shut that off when it comes on. It's nothing. It's, it, you know, it it doesn't it doesn't touch Reb Chaim or who he is at all. Um, so to them, I say, okay, fine. I, you know, again, I'm I'm not not convinced of that. And to those people who look at it and say, well, that calls into question his entire leadership and and whether he's really a, a Gadol Betara. To them, I say, D- you know, be very careful when you go there because just because the stuff that's surrounding is might be a little off, that doesn't mean that the um, that that the center core is off, it means that it might need a little bit of work, to 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 you know a little a little bit of an upgrade, like we were speaking about of you know of of, of sort of sensitivity to to the position of leadership that it was thrust into, um, you know a lot of times our gedolim are are they're not they're not sort of they don't run to be guttle, right? You know they they end up there, and. Um, and they have to take their. They have to take that place. We have to help them take that place very seriously. It's not a time on the on the gadol, but we have to help them take that place seriously, because again, it all has to be l'shem shemayim. And I'm a handler of a gadol, which means that I'm holding a lot of neshamas in my hand, and 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 therefore I have to be careful with how the gadol deals with these things. That's fascinating. How us as followers can help the 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 leader. I wonder how. But it's an interesting conversation as well. Like how do we how do we help them realize and recognize the um the impact of their of their statements and the impact of what they're doing. There there are lots and lots of people who are acting based on these psukim from Ruchaim and it's very important. And all Gadolim really. Anybody we have uh, be it in America or in or in uh, in Interesting d- distinction, though, once we bring that up, that I find that the Americans relate to their gedolim differently than the Israeli population. Whereas if you would have this exact conversation with an American, you might end up somewhere along the lines of what we're talking about. But whenever I bring this up with, an, with more of an Israeli-based religious Jew, um, it's very different. The conversation is very different. And I find that distinction... Like time and time again, whenever I bring it up, so that's an interesting, an interesting point as well. Yeah. And this is the beginning. We we end with this, but this is the beginning of a of a conversation that each one of you should be having um, with your spouse. How do we relate to these halachos, and how do we relate to these psakim? You should be having it with your friends, with your community, with yourself. You should be having this conversation of how do I relate to this? And if this doesn't present a problem for you, maybe that's a problem. Because the, the you should have the struggle of he's a gadol. There should always be the or and the choshech, mishnam shimber vivya. The second there's too much or, there's only or, then you have a problem. If there's too much choshech and it's all bad, then you have a problem. Because you have to be able to recognize, to feel the good that's in here and see the issue and be able to, to come out with something. So we hope to help you. Yeah. I think that the real issue to me is the, de- you know, if I can take it all and put it into one thing is the deification of Gedalim, that the, the turning them into gods and infallible gods. And, and I think that that's where the danger lies. And, and I think that if we don't deify them, so then we, we run into less problems. We can accept these, some of the things that we see that that to our our small minds seem to be 
um, difficult to, to understand and to integrate into the, the larger picture, and yet to still be able to accept them because we're not deifying them. And, and I think that th- that care has to go into them not, you know, people around them not deifying them, not promising Yeshua's and, and Hatzalas and those kinds of things. If you if you give to my tzedakah, if you, if you support the, the thing that I want to support, because all that is part of the deification, the calling the, the, calling the name Moshe Rabbeinu Sarater, that's part of deification. Stop deifying. Don't deify. He's a, he's a God, but he's a giant. He's such an example for us. It's it's unbelievable, saturated with terror. But you don't. But but he's a human being that's saturated with terror. And don't, we're not. I don't. Th- I think that we've always, always in our history gotten into trouble when we have deified. Right. We usually we usually deify those who are no longer with us, where it's easier to look at the good and not and not anything else. That's where the books come from. That these like right. these stories of them of them knowing shots at their bris. It's like. Okay, once they're gone, but the the usually the gedolim that we have with us, we can see them. Right, where we don't relate to Reb Shmuel Kamenetsky this way, we relate to him as a human. Right, we relate to a lot of these gedolim that we have. Um, so in related, the world to today. Emotions, or so related to Reb Moshe, so related to Reb Yaakov, Reb That's it, and and even the That's even the Nitziv. But but I'm saying usually the but, ones who are alive, it's easier to do that. And it's right. interesting that he is alive and he's with us and he's and he's. Uh, and, right. and yet we're doing it. We have to be careful of that. And and that's where the intolerance has to come. That I don't want to hear about the deification. And, and but but that's where the care has to come for every individual, not to allow that to destroy the picture of the of the essence of the person. It's fire. It's fire you have in your hands and it's and it can destroy or it can light up. And you have to be careful that you cho- you make the right choice there. Right. And open the conversation, please. We don't think we're right. I don't think I'm right. Daddy, you don't think you're right. This is not a question of right and wrong. We're not asking you to come back at us and tell us how careful we have to be because we're saying we're probably wrong. I'm probably wrong about mostly everything yeah, I, I say. I, I, would, I would agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and yet you still listen to me, which is pretty good. Um, but but it's opening a conversation. Again, come, uh, reach out to us at, please reach out to us at intentional Jew at gmail.com tell us we liked it tell us we hated it tell us that you know we made some good points but some bad ones let us know keep the conversation open they've been very helpful so far all of the um all the conversation we've been having around these conversations have been very helpful just letting us know who you are what you think and how we can better uh, have this conversation with you so thanks for joining us I didn't 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 I didn't